Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Very happy for you to sit in between us. I want attacking purpose for football all the time. And providing you had a kick up in that quarter, we had a real chance of putting it in that quarter. Now we're going to back against the wall and we're going to fight. Absolutely nailed it. And it's not there. People are like, oh, yep. fuck it. So every yep. Tuesday we have an AFL podcast up. Yeah. Which yep. is, uh, this is one of them. This will be up on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Round 12. Yeah. Round 12 of the AFL will be up on Tuesday. Day before hump day. Day before hump day. Yeah. Um, which is foreplay day. To death fucking hump. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah well done. Yeah. Beat me to a joke. Uh, yeah. Oh, go on. Put, put you your, save the day. Get your punchline in there. Oh, fucking shit. I'm making a fool of myself today. Okay. Um, I beg to differ. Yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so round 12. So we're uh, two of the buy, two out of three buy rounds gone. Um, yep. What do you think about buy rounds? I know that they won't have a full week off because Channel 7 and the AFL both don't want it. But I'd rather just get it all out of the way. Have one full week off. I'll go camping, come back, and then back to 900 games. Yeah, I, I don't like whole teams taking buy rounds. I think there's got to be like a state of origin or a something in there for the people. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not no. a fan of people sitting out halfway through a season. I think you run it like reverse grid. So everyone who didn't get drafted in the uh, rookie draft, they go and play. And uh, they might oh, get a contract. So, so it's season. like a, a second chance round. Yeah, like, Repertage. Rep- 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 what about... Um, uh, WAFL All-Stars versus Sanford All-Stars versus VFL All-Stars. Something like that. It's almost like three a mid- teams at once. That, That'd be pretty entertaining. That's it's the almost- only state of origin I'd really be interested in. How do you get three actually sets of goalposts on the MCG? Though? That's, but, well, you can have an allies team. It's almost like a mid-season combine that counts for points. I like the idea. But, I mean, it's all those other guys that are trying to get um, mature age drafted, you know, which happens more and more nowadays. Yeah. Give them a chance because then... The problem with state of origin now is guys are going to go half-hearted because, yeah, mm. you know, yep. I'm representing my state, but I don't want to really get injured because we're out for a premiership this year. Yep. Um, whereas, you know, that a Waffle All-Stars and a Sanford All-Stars are like, all right, mate, I want to get fucking drafted. Well, mm. Do they still do the Foxtel Cup? I think they canned it this year. That sucks because I actually really like that, the premise of that league. And I think that... Uh, it's an awesome idea. In a, in a buy-around, mm. and this one isn't so much an awesome idea, but you, you could have like the whoever the top tier of the Foxtel Cup playing against uh, the bottom tier of the AFL for <laughs> buy-rounds. For relegation. Almost, almost like that, but it's always bragging rights. What you about know what if I mean? they, went, they went from golf and had a pro-am? Like you could have the players that aren't really breaking to the side, and then the number one ticket holder, the old biddy at the front row. It'd we've be already we've already got Gold Coast. So that's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gary Ablett and the rest of them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the Foxtel Cup. It was a great idea, but I think there's more people in this room than there were on the crowds in yeah, those games. That's exactly but right. It wasn't I mean, promoted like. Granted, it was probably promoted well on Foxtel, but look, yeah. they don't have Foxtel. And yeah. the thing is, they tried to hold of the MCG. Yeah, and you've like, got like Good fucking luck with that. On a Wednesday night. Yeah. But Three of them are cleaners, two of them trying to sell Cornettos. <laughs> Principal was, was right. But anyway, on to some actual games that were played, um, you know, just for the hell of it. 
Um, Thursday night, uh, not a fan, but anyway. Um, yeah, no. It's just it. it's just too awkward. And it, Public holiday, yes, but yes. Just, just for the sake of it, no. Nah. Like, I, I prefer Monday night just for the sake of it as opposed to Thursday night. Oh, no, I hate Monday nights. I don't like them either, but fuck, but, you've got to choose one. Yeah, I'd probably prefer Thursday, but I don't want either of them. Um, Hawks getting over to Adelaide and uh, getting it done. Um, Adelaide weren't that bad. I mean, they did take the lead in the third, but it did feel like Hawthorne were in control for almost all the game. Yeah, I mean, it seems like um, uh, whenever you're playing top-tier sides who uh, have a strategy which generally dominates, they have a little bit of a lull. And it seems like a third quarter has been the point where most good teams have a lull. And I think that's when Adelaide came back and... It has been a bit funny, hasn't it, third quarters? Yeah, the funny thing I found, Hawthorne recently have been very good at targeting the captain. I think they did that this week too. And did quite successfully. Like, uh, Walker wasn't as vocal as usual. Uh, he didn't have as much impact as he usually does. Well, he went off injured in mm. the third? He got a uh, uh, hip flexor or just uh, a, a corky. corky. Yeah. But uh, it plagued him for quite a bit. Uh, you'd think there'd be a fair bit of bruising there. Josh Jenkins stood up. He did, you know, reasonably well uh, without hitting the board. But, um, yeah, Eddie Betts was kept very quiet too, which is very, very quiet. He, he got one give-me goal, and that was about it. Spent most of his time... Um, I won't say diving, but making the most of the contact he got. Mm. I mean, there were some stupid little tummy punches when you know when play stopped, and I think Stratton and Gibson both got a thousand dollar fine, or you know fifteen hundred dollars down to a thousand. Um, it's just fucking stupid. I mean, there's two reasons you hit somebody, either because they've hit you first, or you're trying to hurt them, and they weren't trying to hurt them. They, yep. they were annoying. I mean, my kids have hit me harder. Mind you, the kids didn't... I didn't fall down like Eddie Betts did, but it's just they deserve the fine for fucking stupidity. Well, I mean, what's worse? The the guys that fall down to try and draw a kick or the belly punches? Because it's, it's really quite dirty football, but Why it's do not it? harmful. No, if you snotted him, at least I can understand it. And and the thing is, especially with like the, the gut punch, if you're not looking and you don't get that split second to be able to flex and like sort of brace yourself for it, it fucking hurts, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but it's, it it's not enough to, to act up about it and be like, oh, you motherfucker, you hit me. Because it's like, yeah, there's a little bit of pain, but, but it's I mean, not enough to... It depends on who you hit, too. Because <laughs> some of the guys, they, they get that gut punch, they're punching right back. Eddie Betts isn't one of those guys. No. Yeah. But, I mean, you get one of those gut punches when you're not expecting it. It's like, oh, you bastard. Yeah, you it's not, oh, my God, I need a trainer. Yeah, exactly. But, but they mean, so- oh, you bastard, here's one coming back at you. Well, the- yeah, I definitely would be that, that way inclined. <laughs> be one, yeah, somebody's got to come back, yeah. surely. But uh, anyway, um, I thought uh, Rioli showed why he's um, an electric player. Some of his tackling, especially mm. in the forward line, there's a few times, I think it was Talia, who had two metres on him. He just grabbed him by, he had a wrist, I think, yep. dragged him back and I'm like, you're going nowhere, son. Yep. Um, and there was that play where he kept the ball in on the boundary line, took two steps and hit a target in between three crows on the left. Jesus. Um, I think it was Suckling, uh, for Suckling's only goal. Um, that was pretty amazing. So it's just one of those players that, look, would he get 14 touches, but uh, he's probably um, created eight, nine opportunities from 14 touches. Yeah. Um, anybody can do that. He's going to have a good day out. Yep. Um, the other main talking point of uh, this game was Patrick Dangerfield. He yeah. sat on the bench... Sorry, gets sent to full forward at three uh, the start of the fourth quarter when, what are they, only 
the under guy th- who three goals? got them just back into the game at third quarter time. Yeah. yeah. So he goes down to the forward lines, which I can understand, and then sits on the pine and has an argument with Scott Camperiali for five minutes. Five minutes. While Hawthorne yeah. goes bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Um, what, what do you make of it? Well, if you're Patrick Dangerfield and Scott Camperiali is trying to have a go at you, you say, dude, who the fuck are you? He's <laughs> still the coach, but... Yeah, it uh, doesn't matter. Like, you don't, you don't fucking try and hold uh, a champion racehorse back. But like, the thing is too, like, but Dangerfield to do that, one of those two won't be there next year. That's Dangerfield, well. let's be honest. There's no doubt. He's I, gone. S- I still... Oh, like 1.4 million is the the numbers being thrown around. It's a lot of fucking coin. I, I still... I just... I can't see him in different colours next year, but... Well, it depends on who's throwing the money at him too, because the rumour is Geelong. And I, I think it's more than a rumour. The rumour is as matched though. That, that's the that, big rumour. That Adelaide might match it. Do they the, match it and put him into the draft? The question is, who's closer to a premiership, Geelong or Adelaide? Well, after the weekend, you'd have to say Adelaide. You probably would. Yeah, but you chuck Dangerfield in that Geelong side, it makes yeah. a big fucking difference. I tell you it what, does. there's a lot of teams. I think it's about 12 teams you can throw Dangerfield yeah. in and all of a sudden... And look, go, Geelong wow. ain't far off. You chuck... You chuck Dangerfield in that midfield, you free up a lot of forward-pushing players. <laughs> what, what if Ablett doesn't come back? All of a sudden, they're like, uh, you want to feel like this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, you put Dangerfield in that midfield, all of a sudden, Selwood gets a lot of space, doesn't he? Yep, exactly right. And, and you think about the pressure they've got with injuries. So it takes a lot of relief yeah. on a lot of key... key uh, it's, not much, it's filling in gaps with people who they put forward because yep. usually they're a running team and they can spread wide and push forward. Dangerfield uh, opens that up. I often wonder how Selwood keeps going. I mean... Exsanguination alone. He'd, he's had more <laughs> blood on the field and on Guernseys than most people have got in their body. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised Red Cross or, you know, the blood drive hasn't sponsored him. Like, <laughs> they really should get on that. But, I mean, the other thing about Dangerfield, and I heard, I think it was um, Finey on the weekend on SEN saying, yep. um, you know, he, he was, I thought, the best player for him, regardless. Yeah, oh, but by far. his kicking efficiency was 60%. Yeah. Um, I didn't notice it watching the game. Obviously, I'm biased when I'm watching the game, but I didn't notice it. But he was saying how he butchered the ball was doing Adelaide as much harm as it was good. I think that's going a little bit too far, but 60% is not good. I think a lot of that's from clearances because he's kicking from a clearance. He's under pressure. He's getting tackled. So you're going to make the occasional clanger or it'll be a a kick that, you know, there's no real advantage to you. Uh, But the advantage is that it's in your forward half. So, you know, all teams do it. You look at the... Best ball getter on AFL tables for each team, and they'll have the most clangers as well. Yeah, well, look, um, what I was going to say was in line with that as well. It's that when you're getting clearances, you're under pressure, you just kick the ball forward, and that's your yeah. advantage. But it might go straight to the player, and so that's looked at as a kick that's not to advantage. But the thing is, in that situation, that's the only option you had, and that's the best option you have, and yeah. you take that option. That's got to count for something. It, where it goes, I mean, that sucks, but... There was no hand pass available. There was nothing else you needed to do. You get the ball forward. That's got to count for something. So I'm basing this on nothing that I reviewed and said, well, two of these were fucking <laughs> in this category and <laughs> five weren't. But We don't go for facts. We go factually close yeah, enough. Yeah. So, that's so, our goal. Yeah, yeah, so that's a fact. Yep. Um, Rory Laird, uh, young player for Adelaide, signed on, I think, uh, today for another three years. Um, he's doing well for a young lad. He's got a, a big size too. He's going to be more midfielder in the next couple of years running the back line. Yep. But I tell you what, if you ever look at him, um, 
is Danny Green's love child, surely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody's got to start asking questions if Danny's made a few visits to Adelaide uh, post-fight. Trust me, no one's asking questions for Danny <laughs> Green about that shit. <laughs> the thing is, too, uh, Cam Ellis-Yolman, he had a pretty good game, and he's been pretty damn good all season. He Agreed. hasn't played every game. Yeah. I think he's been dropped once or twice, mm. but uh, only I think out of matchups. Age. I think there's more matchups, not out of uh, ability. Yeah, oh, actually, no, that's, that's actually completely... He, <laughs> he needs seasoning. He yeah. does. He, he's not... He's not, was, uh, yeah, youth. he's not a 22-game-a-year player yet. Um, it's his first year, isn't it? Or yeah. second year? No, I think it's first, his first. First proper year. Yeah. Uh, he is going to be something special. Yeah. I think so. If he um, picks up the pace of the game a little bit, yeah. um, it reminds me actually of Josh Kennedy, um, not uh, the full forward one, the one that plays for oh, Sydney, Sydney now. Yeah. He, he was very similar and similar yeah. paced, similar sized when he was yeah. at Hawthorne. Um, and we couldn't uh, hang on to him and he turned into a champion. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think big things for him as well. So he reminds me of Elliot Yao out of West Coast. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where I think he, he should like, look at how he's developed and sort of go on that track. He's creative, but he's solid. Yeah, yeah. So he can get stuff done. I'd, exactly. I, I, I want to see more from him. Speaking of Elliot Yao, um, took an absolute screamer he in the Friday night game. Beautiful Did mark. more than just that. Uh, Richmond v Eagles. Um, a, a bit like the Adelaide game too. I mean, Richmond even had the lead at... Uh, Half time, yeah, yeah, they had the lead yeah. at the half, and then um, West Coast put it beyond them um, very quickly in the third quarter. In, in, uh, in my opinion, I think um, Dustin Martin flattered the score for Richmond. Flattered, else. yeah, yeah. I think his impact on the game when he, when he took it on was just phenomenal. Well, he kicked and, three goals in the first. Uh, yeah, but it wasn't just how he did it; it was his clearance from the middle where he was taking players on, and it's almost like I saw Cochin do it once, but Martin did it a few times where. He'd take a, a rugby hold of the ball where he'd hold yep. it almost like mm. NFL between his hand and almost his elbow yep. and then go over the top of, of people trying to tackle around his waist yeah. and rugby push through style. Him. Yeah. yeah, Because he's got the base that's strong enough to break through those tackles. One of those rolled on the goal and that was when I thought Richmond got the best advantage out of the middle being at a disadvantage from tap outs. Yeah. He's contracted for another couple, yeah? I think he signed on, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've geez, got a if, goes, if he learns the math, you're going to have a hard time keeping him. If he learns the math, he wouldn't be a footballer. He'd do it like whatever he wants. So just, trust um, me, Dustin Martin ain't learning the math. On those goals, the check side from 50, um, I thought it was very interesting, especially the commentators are saying, you know, that's a touch of genius to be able to do that. And then five minutes later, he tried it again and it, it yeah. fucked up and was like, oh, yeah. well, he needs to use his left. I'll give you a tip. He needs to use his left both times. Yeah. The first one that went through is... it's. Not genius. It's it's not learning how to kick on your left. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not the first time they did that. I actually did one the week before against um, was it Frio? Frio, yeah, yeah, because they had the bike. Did, did the same thing. And the thing is, Dustin Martin's actually a very competent kick on his left foot. He's he's not like a, a one sided player. He, he can kick on his left. He must be competent, but not confident. Yeah. Well, well I think well, he's only a thirty forty meter left. Well, I, I think that goal from the week before against Frio was the one that he's made him think that this is going to be the one that's definitely going to go through. Yeah. And so he's tried it the first time and gone bang, it's worked. So that's going to be your go to move from that position when you're charging through the the forward line. And obviously, like I prefer the same as you. I prefer him to kick a drop punt on his left and either set it up or kick a goal. But that's not a high percentage move. But but how are you going to coach him? Like, mate, you need to do this. Fuck you. I'm your best player. Leave it the fuck alone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you do it. There is a big element Leave of Leave it as well. alone. Um, but I think this is one of the best, better games of the season for West Coast. Uh, yep. They're coming off uh, a tough loss to North down in Hobart. Yep. Um, and then one of their very few visits to the MCG for the, for the year. Um, yep. And they put in a, a real four-quarter effort. Um, helped, you must say, by Richmond's 
fucking shocking kicking in the opening five minutes. Yeah, but I, I think West Coast were like, they had certain moments in the game where the momentum, they turned the momentum in their favour and they sort of pressed the throttle down yep. and they looked amazing. They looked amazing. And Richmond were always counter-reacting or counteracting to that. Yeah. And a lot of it was Dustin Martin. But Richmond didn't show that initiative to when they had a sniff of being in the lead or even got the lead. I think it was in the third or second. Half-time. Half-time, half-time, yeah. Half-time. They didn't do what West Coast did when, when they were being aggressive. Yeah. Richmond were always reactive. And look, I think West Coast were just too good. That, at the end of the day, they were just too good. But uh, Richmond, I think they can't be too disappointed in the effort that they did because they always they didn't give up. I think hit-outs the main thing that smashed yeah. you. Like, if you don't get first use of the ball, it makes it so much harder. Yeah. I mean, we but, saw that especially in the North GWS game. But yeah. Here too, like, I think it was uh, mid-40s to 20s. So you're getting... Uh, yeah, 46, 46 to 25, yeah. yeah. So you're getting almost double the opportunities to your players for first use. That's it. But I think that also has to go to credit to West Coast midfield as well, who actually picked him up and got the clearances because yeah, well, we, we had the same disadvantage against Sandalands the week before with Frio. And we still managed to knock him off, so... Um, Gaff, Pritis, Maston, uh, Shuey. Maston was awesome. Yo, yeah, Maston was year. amazing across half back and pushing forward. Like even across, it was pretty much the dominator from full back to centre forward. Yeah, but they got decent contribution from their second strings too, like Darling, Lacra. Yeah, they all got in and got nice little goals. Uh, yeah, yeah, Darling especially. But I mean that midfield. It's I mean Pritis gets a lot of the credit. Um, you know, he's obviously the reigning Brownlow medalist. But that's such an even-keeled midfield. Like, if you stop one or two of them, yep. like, not you're not going to tag them. Yeah. But if you can beat them, you know, in, in a matchup, you still got three or four others that are really yeah. strong driving players that run both ways. Well, it's yep. the way West Coast has been built for a long time. Like, even back in the day, you'd, Strength you'd tag Judd, yeah. but then you got Cousins, you got um, Kerr. Kerr, you got all these other guys, and they're a solid midfield. I think it was Matt Rose's first game back, too. Um, so he's only going to get better. Um, and Jeremy McGovern holding down the back line. See, that's not a certain. <laughs> um, but uh, it was a little bit disappointing for the Tigers, but um, to be honest, they're coming off um, a real purple patch for them. Yeah, and to be honest, as, as a Tigers supporter, I think they gave us ample opportunity to win the game yep. and we didn't take advantage of it. Uh, the, the kicking in the first five minutes, they yeah. hit an eagle on the chest yep. six out of seven times or something like that. So was... I don't think we deserved to win, but we had our chances. So Absolutely. I'm not disappointed at all. Speaking of purple patches, what's with the purple detailing on the Guernsey? It was the Somebody and Madeline Foundation. Alana, 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 Alana and Madeline. Yeah. yeah, violence against kids or something like that, um, which at a Richmond game, you know, they've been uh, murdering their kids for ages. Well, I don't know, if it's don't know where I was going with that one. <laughs> Madeline, I thought it was cancer. Uh, Madeline was Jack Rewalt's cousin. No, Jack no, Rewalt's. no, that's coming up. That's um, really? yeah. That's not, oh, okay. That's my mistake. It's a, it's a different one. But I know that was Maddie. But the thing is, we have to suck our research. Yeah, Madeline, I, I thought. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I, I thought that the when they mentioned that they had purple on the Guernseys, they're going to uh, sell them afterwards. I wasn't sure if they were yeah. selling the purple seams or the whole fucking Guernseys. <laughs> Pretty sure it's the whole Guernsey. I would think so because I mean, if if shit's that tight that you've got to sell the seams, nah, nah, not taking the rest of the fucking Guernsey. Take the seams, but that's it. Stitch these bastards back up. Yeah, we're in some fucking trouble. Um, now. Uh, if you got six out of six tipping this week, you're cheating. I'm you're just saying, or, or you're rich. No, there's nobody got six out of six. You could have been um, ambitious and picked Carlton. You could have been ambitious and picked Melbourne. But there's no way you could pick Carlton and Melbourne and yeah. not try and lose the other four matches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Carlton over Port. Like you have to be a Carlton and a Melbourne supporter. 
And why would you be both of those this time? <laughs> Ron Barassi? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, probably only one. Probably only one. Um, I didn't see this coming. Um, Carlton were... Actually, no. It was almost predictable, this one. Uh, Carlton have put in uh, some pretty good efforts since Malthouse got sacked. They were good, if you can say that, against Sydney in a 50-point loss. And they were just lacking against Adelaide the following week, um, where they went down by a couple of goals. And here they look like they put Port away by uh, early in the fourth. Um, until Port finally looked like they were playing the way everyone expected them to and had plenty of chances to steal it. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the game was over. Like, uh, at three-quarter time, I thought, they're done. I went out and did a bit of shopping. It was in the AFL store, and all of a sudden, they're back within uh, four points. I was like, shit! So uh, everyone in the whole Doncaster shopping centre stopped and coming and watching. <laughs> Even the people behind the counter, someone's trying to buy a fucking beanie and they're like, shut the fuck up, I'm it's watching the game. Every bloke who's misses a shoe shop and it's going, <laughs> oh, yeah, baby, I'll meet you in a second. Yeah. And I, just come back, I bought three pairs, shut the fuck up. I was very fortunate. I, I caught um, only the last half, so I missed the first half um, live, but I went back and watched it. Um, this was a really good game. It was one of the best games of the year. Um, Port made a lot of mistakes, and uh, but... They were the intensity was there all, all mm. the time. Um, they did miss Robbie Gray. Yeah, um, uh, he was he, he was killing it until um, the, the big tackle from Gibbs. Yeah, what do you think about that tackle? Well, he got two games. The rules there. It, it's definitely a sling tackle because there's mm. the the second movement. Yeah, there's no intention to injure, but it, it is careless yeah. and you knock the bloke out. Um, uh, Chad Wingard had a good um, response. It was on afl.com.au today. He said, look, he said, it's a fair tackle. We're not playing soccer. It's a contact sport. Yeah. When you tackle someone, you try and hurt them. Yeah. You don't try and injure them, but yeah. you do try and hurt them, especially the other team's best midfielder. I yeah. thought that's a great attitude because that's what it is. It's a contact sport. Yeah. Sometimes these things happen and the sling tackle rules there, you've got to apply it. He gets uh, three games down to two. To me, the sling tackle is more when the tackling player hits the ground first and sort of whips uh, the person they're tackling into the ground. But I, I see what they're saying. They want to avoid all injuries, and that's that's fine. It's but it did seem that Robbie movement. Gray didn't really protect himself either. His arms are pinned. His arms are pinned. So but you can yeah. still sort of shrug your head in, anticipate the impact a bit, and it seemed like he just ragdolled. But the already rules are that you can't sling tackle, so yeah. you, you yeah. can't assume yeah. to protect yourself against something that's illegal because it, it, that defies the point of having rules. But it, from what I think, I think that... Yeah, it's 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 a sling tackle, but it's part of the game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, I mean the, the rule's been there for a few years now. And the only the only thing I can sort of defend that sort of penalty is that like the rule has been there for a, a fair few years, and there's there's no advantage from slinging to the ground as opposed to just dropping when you've got a hold of him in exactly that situation. Right. Yeah, it's you, letting people know so. with authority. I mean, look, there was there's bunches of sling tackles all the time, and they never even get paid a free kick. Yeah. But um, I think, well, that's the point, though. This one didn't get paid a free kick either. Yeah. I think it's a big difference where you watch the game and when you've played the game. Yeah. Where when you grab someone and your opposite, your whole intention is to stop them from doing anything, it's aggression. It's just yeah. out and out aggression. Don't you grab them, you put them to the ground, and that's what you do because that yeah. stops them from doing I mean, anything. With it. That tackle to me was no worse than one Burgoyne does every week. Um, difference being that the guy ended up getting knocked out. Difference in Bergen doesn't tackle every week. <coughs> no, he had, um, oh. he had a tackle last week, did he? Yeah, <laughs> but it was... I think the guy gave him the ball away about three seconds beforehand, but... Oh, it was a runner. <laughs> Let's check Maybe. it out. Um, looking at Burgoyne, had five tackles. 
So there you go. You do yeah. have some. Um, which reminds me that Don Cassisi on Twitter had a ripper. He said, yeah. it's only taken Bryce Gibbs nine nine years to lay a tackle. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> well done. Um, which I thought was brilliant. As a, um, it's a veteran move. <laughs> look, it's that double movement. Um, you, you can take him to the ground without that slinging motion. Yeah. But the rules, it's just like the when you go for a bump and you happen to catch him head high, yeah. you're going to get yep. games. There's not malice. It's not a cunt act or anything like that. Yeah. But you, the rules there. I think the bump's different. I, I think if your primary goal is the ball, that should be an out-of-jail free card. Uh, if if absolutely your primary goal is the ball. With a tackle, it's a bit different because you're in control of the ball and the player. But um, having said that, I, I think this should have been more a, a fine than games, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems like uh, Gray's going to turn up next week. He, yeah, he was back on the bench and he was fine. And, uh, well, I, week after they got the bye, don't they? Uh, yeah, you're right, they do have the bye. But I reckon if they were playing this week, he'd probably be back out there. Yeah. See, my opinion is the bump or the shirt front should be the last piece of aggression we leave in AFL. You can yeah. change whatever you want, but oh, those one things, man, that's... Yeah. You've got to tackle. You've got to be able to tackle. Defenders need to be able to intimidate their opposition. And these days they do it with a bit of a... Stomach slap, bit of back, uh, hand to the back of the head as a spoil. Nah, back in front. the day, you used to be able to shirt front people. Like Byron Pickett was the biggest one I remember seeing. He, no, he, he was, had a, people it was the cheapest dead. one. <laughs> he wasn't the biggest one. Oh. He was the cheapest one. There were many people that oh. did bigger ones, but that person saw them come in and embraced themselves. I tell you what, I don't know if those two things are mutually exclusive, though. This is true. <laughs> um, speaking of tackles, uh, Patrick Cripps was the leading possession getter and the leading tackler. He had Calvin. a blinder. He had an absolute blinder. Or it mean he wasted all his handballs and then just had to tackle someone straight <laughs> after him. So he was what, brilliant. What do you reckon happens now? Do you think uh, Cripps is like, thanks, Daddy? Oh, uh, he, he has had 22 handballs. So I reckon you could probably assume that touch over half of them went to the opposition. He had to tackle the cunt straight after. <laughs> no, he, he was brilliant. He was breaking the lines. Um, there was a, you know, at the death when the game was on the line, he was the one that was keeping the ball in and um, kicking it forward into the Carlton 50. Um, it, it was a very matured, uh, balanced effort from him all day from a first-year player. It's looking I, like he I had can't this, see how he doesn't get three votes. It's looking like... <laughs> In the Carlton team, he had the second most hit-outs as well. Yeah, going third man up a lot. pretty fucking random. Um, did everything but placeful forward. Well, third most hit-outs, there you go. Um, Cruiser and Wood, who both um, didn't really set the world on fire, um, with uh, Matthew Lobb no, yeah. rucking by himself, getting 40-odd. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, being that third man up is uh, quite a few times, you know, to break um, the congestion. Because well, especially kicking zero goals and zero points. So you're not doing the forward line where you set your ruckman back in case you get a quick kick out. It's, yeah. yeah. Look, I think um, you're right. He gets three Brownlow votes on this one. And I think he's got one hand on the Rising Star for the year. He's already got a nomination, well, so we're going to get nominated. spectacular Rising Stars this year, though. I think he's, yeah. uh, he's the absolute front runner for me at the minute. Um, I'm going Hogan. Yeah, I mean... Carlton really missing Judd at the moment, you'd say. <laughs> and Malthouse. <laughs> they found what their problem was. Get rid of the coaching record. Carlton really fucking missing talent at the moment. <laughs> That's a, they're showing stuff, though. Like This was a great they win. They endeavour. You'd almost rather the fact they had to fight off a resurgent uh, Port Adelaide. It, unless you're a Carlton supporter, in which case you'd rather win by 20 goals. But uh, I don't think they're that picky at the minute. Yeah, <laughs> they take what they can yeah. get. But to be able to hold off a team that many were, including myself, thinking they were premiership contenders at the start of the year, uh, they did brilliantly. They were sensible with the ball. Uh, they managed to ice the clock nicely. I even thought up to the last few seconds that Port might be able to get a sneaky one. But uh, that one turnover, that shitty kick from the middle when they were running forward. Kane Mitchell it was. Yep. Went nowhere that kick. Uh, 
cost well one of the things that uh, cost him the game but cost him a chance to win the game it was the most frustrating one I dare say he would have got uh, a lot of swear words directed at him by the port crowd especially somebody that's just tried to get his way back into the side I... like, there's not many people that don't get a lot of swear words from the port I like crowd <laughs> <laughs> no matter where you are look it'd be a miss not to mention um, the, the umpiring in the game uh, the free kicks were something like 24 to 10 yeah 24 to 10 um, and if you're within, I'd say, 100 metres of a Port Adelaide supporter in the last four days, you've heard about the umpiring. I could not care less. No. Um, there was maybe, let's say, three or four bad decisions. Uh, a bunch that, in super slow-mo, you can say, should have yeah. gone Port's way. And a bunch of 50-50s that they didn't get. And well, this is the Adelaide Oval, yeah? No, it was at the no, MCG. The, the big one, though, was that callback, where the umpiring controls called a mark, and the other guys got, no, nah, no, nah, it was touched. And so they've gone ball up. It's but, the correct decision. Yeah, it, it's the proper result of the decision, but the correct decision would have been play, play on. on. Play on yeah. Which he would have been tackled immediately. Um, most likely, it would have been a ball up anyway. I'm saying yeah. that would have been, uh, by the percentages, that's what would have happened. Hmm. Um, I got no problem with that. They called it right. The crowd was not massive, but geez, I were loud. <laughs> it would have been hard to hear that touch, but you could see it was clearly touched. Um, Kay Simpson said, yeah, I nearly marked it, which is just even yeah. a bit of fun, I think. Um, and the other one... Well, if it's so hard to hear, though, do you reckon they should just mic the umpires up to each other? They are mic'd up to each other. Well, then how the fuck can they not hear? Um, because he didn't yell touched. He knew it was touched, though, because he could see it. Um, he wasn't the controlling umpire. The controlling umpire called a mark. The other one went, no, 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 it's touched, mate. And that's when he stopped it and called a touch. I don't think you could overrule the controlling umpire. Well, if they mic'd the crowd, yeah. then they'd be yeah. able to tell him. <laughs> the, the three umpires can each overrule each other. Or What happens then? They end up with a split decision. Um, one of them makes the call. One of them goes, okay, it's that. Overruled. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, or they just go, well, we can't decide. It's a ball up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, oh, look, it was the right decision at, at the end of the time. Um, and the other one where... It was the right one from a wrong one. Uh, the other one where the umpire marked it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, that umpire who marked it did absolutely nothing wrong. Let he had have, no choice. Let him have a kick. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, if... All things being square, you should have gone, okay, look, it's a free kick. You've kicked it to me. Just take it again. But that's not the rule. I, I don't think it's a fucking mark and you let the umpire take that fucking kick. <laughs> if you're the bloke on Casbolt, do you go, mate, that's how it's fucking done? Well, <laughs> i tell you what, if you say it's a mark, it definitely wasn't 15, which means first bloke to tackle him. <laughs> hey, I tell play you it where it lays. Play it where it lays. <laughs> you reckon uh, Gray got knocked out. Jeez, you imagine trying to... Go after the ump for that one. Jeez, McMillan from North would have been loving uh, an even up. Yeah. Hey, if, if it was Razor Ray, good fucking luck, mate. He would have been shaping up saying, come on. He would have been off. Yeah, the problem is the rest of the crowd have been on it He'd too. been waiting his whole life for this moment. Um, so, yeah, I'm sick of hearing of complaining about the umps, and I'm sick of people saying, we're not blaming the umps, but so well, I want the fucking umps. Sick of Port Adelaide, is what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, right, um, and th- the other thing I'll say about this was the commentators get a lot of shit, but... God damn, Eddie Maguire made this exciting. Uh, he didn't need to make it any more exciting oh, than it was. He nearly gave himself a coronary. He was brilliant. Um, I was really wrapped up into it because it was a really exciting match and he added to it, um, which you don't give Eddie um, compliments very often. Yeah. So Fair call. Fair call when they're there. He, he had the good coke that day. He, he was loving life. He must have. He was in Port Adelaide. That's why. He was in, he was in MCG. If you've been listening to our uh, podcast, Port Adelaide are the ones they got the hookups. We have said that before. You have to go back through the archives if you want to find out where it was. I remember it when it was. Allegedly. 
Allegedly, you saw it allegedly with your own eyes. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> um, on to the Saturday Twilight game. Um, Giants getting a, a bit of a caning from the Kangaroos. It, uh, To be honest, it could have been a lot worse. It well, looked like it was going to be a lot worse. I called it a 10-goal win uh, in the preview. The amount of times that North kicked straight to Callum Ward because <laughs> he was double-teaming Drew Petrie. He's a good player. Uh, Ward's a great player. Well, why wouldn't you pass it to a good player? Yeah, the problem is he's on the other fucking team. Oh. But um, it, it could have been 20 goals. Uh, Goldstein, he had the ball on a string. So um, he's playing seconds next week, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 80 hitouts. The lady, lazy 80 hitouts. So We've hit- had the record broken three times this year. Uh, Sandlin's got it twice. Uh, it was Dempsey's record from 1982. Or something like that, yeah. Um, Sandlin gets it twice, and then 80 hitouts. Like, 69 stands for 25 years. 35 years. Yeah, but what the fuck was Jack Zeeble thinking grabbing two? Well, <laughs> he was being a cheeky dog. Well, fight. i tell you what, between Todd and Jack, they've got the Ruck duo record. <laughs> Unf- unfortunately, <laughs> Benny Brown's chipped in with seven, so he, he, he beats him. Would well, you reckon Jack Zeeble's just going to sledge other guy, like Nat Nui, Sandlin's and everything? It's like, I'm part of the Ruck leading uh, trio. It's a bit like um, the points record in the NHL <laughs> yeah. like um, Wayne Gretzky and his brother hold the record really and his brother I don't think he scored no any <laughs> yeah. but as a brother duo yeah. they own the record or he, he might have five or something like that I don't know um, look it was it should have been 20 it was 20 a tough goals. day for Lob um, first gamer how do you, Mumford has probably been well if you're talking all Australian Ruckman Mumford, Sandlins and Goldson the ones you're talking about absolutely uh, whichever one misses out He'd be hard done by. But he's out for the season with an ankle. I think all Australian selectors have been lucky that one of them's is <laughs> finished because it makes the yeah. decision a little bit easier now. Well, yeah. one of like You'd have to think you'd probably pick Sandlins because Freo's probably going to win the flag. But um, Goldstein would be on your interchange bench. Yeah, you probably um, now you can say both of them should be in there. Um, they both earned it. Uh, that's for sure. Um, what else went on with this game, really? It was... I mean, Giants were always going to struggle with the massive outs that they had. Um, Cam McCarthy stood up still. He was up and about a little bit, but with limited ball up up forward, he's always going to struggle for opportunities. Um, I thought James Stewart played all right, but again, a bit of a quiet one. Well, a big one for me was Ben Jacobs coming back into the side, uh, having been omitted, and got the job on Shield and pretty much wore him like a glove. He did, did really well. Did very well. Let's just... Dylan Shield had 11 touches. Shield... He's a superstar. He's been averaging, I think, around the 26, 27 mark um, mm. this year. And I said he'd probably have close to a dozen Brownlow votes yep. at, at this stage. Yeah. Um, so and the thing is, he's standing out in that GWS side as well. So you, you look at him to, I mean, no one's, I think he's going to touch Fife, but he'll be yeah. in that second pack. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if Fife decides to get a sneaky one in and cop a week later on in the year. Yeah, it'll open up that betting market. Yeah, but look, and uh, Benny Jacobs had to do something like that to he, keep his place in the side. Well, he only just got back in. Uh, yeah, and there's still uh, Grimer, Wells, uh, a couple of other blokes looking to come back in. Yeah, um, Kane Turner still sitting out, so he had to really do something to stamp his authority on it, and couldn't ask for much more. Keeping Shield at eleven positions, uh, that's brilliant. Um, it's kind of a. a idea of how the team's going when Wake kicks three as well and has 17 <laughs> touches. Yeah. And, and when Heath Shaw is the highest disposal for the opposite team. I thought <laughs> Shaw did back, brilliantly. Back line, you, yeah. you know, your four lines are getting plenty of it. He's had a good couple of weeks, actually. But Shaw played really well. He was very smart with the ball. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, but if he's getting the ball, it means yeah, his teammate doing fucking a good a good job. Very true. But um, also little little Nahas. Nahas. He probably could have kicked another couple. He uh, ended up with four, I believe. I think three of them were from the goal line, basically. Yeah. Yeah, we had a, a couple of snaps that were pretty dumb. But um, <laughs> that's Nahas. Well, yep. that's what you get. Well, you get four from him. He's done his job. Oh, um, absolutely. Any forward who kicks four, let alone a small forward. And uh, Higgins. Even though Higgins and Waite had the same amount of possessions, I thought Higgins was much classier with the ball. He's having a real purple patch at the moment. He's having a good year uh, since uh, coming over to the Kangaroos. Mm. Um, and, very uh, good pickup. Boomer goes in with a lazy 28. Lazy 28. Just gen- lazily working his way up to the 400. Five handballs to himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were a few back and forths. Um, yeah, it, it could be pretty interesting. Um, you'd what have to say he's going to play next year uh, absolutely I think he's going to get Tuck's record I think he's just signed up like a four year contract or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, um, I heard I think it was uh, Farido on the radio during the week saying that um, with Harvey he rarely misses a session which it really pisses him off because he's four years younger and he wants to miss a session every now and then. But he can't do it if the old man's still going around. So he might be still going around with the free done too. He probably still picks him up to go there as well. So like, oh, it says something hell. for his... I, I can imagine Harvey calling Farido and asking for a ride because Harvey would be too tight to, to pay, for fuel. pay for the fuel. <laughs> we, we'll pick it up. Um, yeah, look, North Melbourne look a lot different with Nicky Del Santo in the side. Um, a smart ball user and that little bit of class across halfback that they've been missing. Uh, d- Every team loves a guy that's fantastic by hand or foot within 40 metres. Uh, and yep. Nicky Dale doesn't waste many possessions. Um, he sees the game so well. He, do, he, he will be a brilliant coach one day. Um, Zebel had a bit of a quiet one, as you can see, with 26 touches. But uh, he wasn't as impactful as he has been in the past. But he didn't really need to be. So that was kind of fortunate. A uh, bunch of players didn't do much. But when your team is I guess so. that, they, solid... Really they blew it out of the water in the first quarter. Um, they kicked uh, sort of, I think they kicked four or five, like really quick. Yeah. Um, and it looked like they were going to walk it in. Well, they kicked two in the first minute, I think it was. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, well, if, you at, if you look at quarters two and three, if that had been the whole game, you would have ended with, I mean, the North Melbourne's uh, finishing with the pretty much same margin they started with, yeah? You're very close. Um, it's... It looked like it could have been an absolute walkover, and we're talking, you know, 140 points. Yeah. But to their credit, the Giants were able to arrest it a little bit. Mm. Um, if they kicked a little bit straighter, it might have been a little bit closer, but um, at the end of the day, North were in front enough and never yeah. never, would, never in trouble. Never in trouble. Um, on to the other, um, shall we say, hard-to-watch game um, in the Bulldogs and the Lions. 70-odd uh, point, 70 points to the Bulldogs. Yeah. We'll tell you about the game you didn't watch. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, the difference with me, uh, to me with this one was uh, GWS North, GWS still attacked. They still tried yeah. to get flow, tried to run in packs, and they had some brilliant plays. Brisbane, no. just They, yeah. they seem to sort of get one handball and then, oh, fuck, where do I go? Oh, I'm being tackled. They've been decimated by injuries, yeah. and it looks like some of them are just, oh, fuck, we have to show up again. Yeah, It's kind of funny, too, when you look at the, uh, the score worm. All the other games, the scale is different. Like, yeah. uh, it, it scales down so that the maximum margin is like 45 points. With this one, they've had to zoom out a bit and go up yeah. to 90 just because the last quarter blowout. Um, there's nothing more disheartening for a supporter than your team's getting beaten and they just go, oh, well, we're fucked and give up. Yeah. In Carlton's defense, a lot of their losses, they've fought to the very last siren uh, just to get that extra position. Probably because they're worried about their contracts being renewed. But uh, Which is fine. Yep. Yeah, look, if you're not playing for the team, play for yourself. Just play for something. 
I don't think Brisbane are playing for anything. I think they were just accepting the fact that this season's a write-off. Um, they're not giving a shit. The only positive was they did have one injury in the game. No, I've forgotten the lad's name now, but um, the reports were he's fine and he'll be playing next week. So at least they haven't got more injuries to add. Um, look, on the Bulldog side of things, they had uh, a bit of a day out. Oh, Stringer um, did some magic. Stringer was... Yeah, the, he kicked the, one of the goals of the week. He's nominated for it, but there was a bloke <laughs> sitting in the goal square by himself. <laughs> but, you know, when there's a, a car up for grabs or whatever goal of the year gets oh, you. Make hay while the sun shines. <coughs> I don't think there's many uh, forwards who would begrudge him uh, taking the shot because most of them would do it themselves. You know, when Ben McAvoy came across to Hawthorne, one of the worst things I thought was, oh, fuck, now I have to hear BT go on about big boy McAvoy all the time. Jesus Christ, he tried to make the package happen um, with Jake Stringer. Every yeah. time him and Darcy got it, the package has got it. Here he is, the package. I think the f- first time, it's like, oh, yeah. Second time, okay, we're trying to make this a thing. Third to the hundredth time, fuck off. No, I, I don't listen to BT and Darcy when they're on together. Oh. BT because of that stupid bullshit. Somebody, He's trying to be Rex Hunt, Mark, dude. Somebody coined the phrase Darcy. Well, Darcy because he keeps clicking his tongue. I mean, we talked about, I've talked about it before. Yeah. He just keeps going, and you'll see Stringer coming into the goals. Oh, he's looking good there. It drives me fucking nuts. And now that I've pointed out to everyone, I'll drive you nuts too. So he's <laughs> fucked. Look, Dogs had a good day out. Stringer kicked five. Tom Boyd kicked four. Um, but never really under that much pressure. Um, it's just... Yeah, they won by 70-odd against pretty weak opposition. I don't know what else you can really say about the game. Well, I mean, Beams did pretty well. Um, yeah, but again, a... running around in circles and running backwards sometimes. And I mean, in, in terms of hit-outs, I think um, Old Mate did quite well. Um, Stefan Martin. He's having a good year. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was against Winston, uh, Minson and Roughhead and did quite well with that. Well, I mean, there's only one Ruckman for the Bulldogs, really, in Minson. Roughhead's a pinch hitter. Yeah. But, um, but you know, it's a, it's hard to pull positives, but you'd say Martin did quite well. If uh, his rovers aren't able to read his taps, <laughs> then maybe they should talk a bit more. I don't know. But he'd, he'd be one guy that, you, as a coach, you wouldn't be pulling him outside and ripping him in your arsehole. Uh, and I think just him and Beams are the only ones who have that um, ability to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to watch game, but I mean, the Bulldogs did what they needed to do and they got a nice little percentage booster by playing the 17th place Brisbane. On to one of the biggest wins in Paul Roos coaching at Melbourne's time. Yeah. Um, if you just fast forwarded the last match review, uh, we're talking about Geelong v Melbourne, obviously. <laughs> Geelong versus Melbourne down at the Cattery. Corey Enright's 300th. Hogan is a late withdrawal. Who gave him a chance? I mean, I think they were six bucks before the first bounce. I actually think they bounce. were eight. Eight. At the opening bounce. Once. Like just for that, they were eight. Probably, yeah. I was just gonna, it might have been higher um, than uh, than the six I thought it was. And I, I would have given you tens. Once uh, Hogan got out. Um, before we talk about the game, on that, Hogan's been um, had a one-week injury a couple of times this year uh, against Hawthorne, against Geelong. Uh what do you think? Are they real injuries or are they, you know what, we well, might just rescue this one because we don't want you to get murdered? For, if it was another coach, I'd say he's injured. But with Ruse, he's very canny. Very um, cagey. And he's always looking the long option. Uh, he's the one that taught Sydney to fly under the radar so well and bob up every September. Um, he was famous for throwing matches pretty much in the nab. 
well, let's say doing less than everything he could do. I mean, when you put a player out there and say, for God's sake, don't kick any goals. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I I would not be surprised if he just sort of looked at the matchups and said, mate, uh, maybe you can sit this one out. It might be something that Melbourne have been very conscious in. Um, Ever since it, they crucified their... But crucify their other number ones. one pick. Yeah, when they crucified Watts and they thought, you know what, we want Hogan to be a confident. Um, he's going to be a key forward for, you know, 12 years for us. Mm-hmm. We don't want him to go out there and get murdered when he's a first year, what, first real season playing footy. We might just uh, strategically rest a big man. Well, the best thing for him too is they've got guys like Nathan Jones running around who if Hogan gets roughed up, he's not shy at all yeah. to go and let him know that that's not on. And I tell you what, even though he is young, it's a brave man that goes to rough up Hogan. Either bit He's the a Hulkster, um, but look, this was—it's got to be a heartbreaking day for Geelong. Um, but Melbourne were just full of beans. Um, they got out to an, uh, a bit of an early lead. I think they surprised themselves. Yeah, they were all up and about it. Bernie Vince is having the season of his career. Um, he was playing tagger against Dangerfield in the Adelaide game, where they nearly got up. Well, they did get up that game. Oh, I can't remember now. Um, and now he's gone out and had 38 touches and that's not the first time this year he's had high 30s um, that's a massive day out and he had a couple of goals and one of the goals of the week as well on the left yeah. from 50 and another thing too we were talking about BT earlier uh, one thing I'm going to dread is Max Gorn uh, he's come up and he's had a great game so he's going to probably earn a nickname at some stage where did that come from Maxi Gorn he's only just got back into the side he's taken pack marks all over the bloody ground he's got 44 hitouts, 19 touches Bob's in for a quick goal, five tackles. He's, he's done everything. And look, he's in a round where um, Ruckman are in the highlight just because of the Goldstein's record-breaking hit out, he's just about give, outshot him. He just about has. I mean, he's, he's only taken eight marks, but every single one of those marks was contested. And not just a one-on-one. They were big packs and he's coming and he's clunked and one grabs. It was amazing to see it. But a big man that tackles too is so yep. useful. And for a Ruckman to be able to tackle and with authority it, it changes the whole dynamic of your midfield it's got to be um, great to see from for Melbourne fans but frustrating at the same time because <laughs> it's like where the fuck was this yes um, and you've got to be said that um, uh, Dawes um, back into the side and he's mm. always going to struggle as a key forward um, now that they've got uh, Hogan but uh, not playing this game but still spend a lot of time down back and that might uh, just stretch his career a little bit longer. When you've got the big money forwards up there now, um, he might be able to find a place for himself down there. I like it for him. I think he's he can play like a, a Heath Shaw type role. We will look after the back line, take a bit of the experience back there, and be the back line general. Uh, he's also pretty clean by hand and foot, so nothing pisses off a coach more than back line turnovers. So if they can negate that a bit, they'll do quite well. They'll do quite well. Um on the other side of the coin, uh, there weren't many winners on the day for uh, for Geelong. Um, uh, Selwood was well held by Jack Viney. Um, I think he had four kicks to half time or something like that. Mm. Um, Tom Hawkins kicked two goals, but Lyndon Dunn uh, had him beat uh, for the majority of the day. Um, he had a great game, Lyndon Dunn, including a 75-metre torp, if you don't mind. Oh, jeez. So Hawkins has been held quite a few times this year. A couple of times, um, yeah, more than once. When he's when he's on song, he marks everything, kicks everything, and he's fucking brilliant. Looks like a monster. But then sometimes it just goes to because I don't know if it's off field stuff, which you know the season he's had would be yeah, quite distracting. He did I've, lose his mother? Yeah, yeah. I can imagine that would certainly affect a person. But um, you know, for his on field effort, 
he's trying, but for some reason the game tempo just doesn't match him very well sometimes. No. Um, Stevie J, uh, being his cheeky best and uh, sucked a few in for a, a nice 50s and some goals. But uh, look, this game is all about Melbourne, mm. especially going down there. Every time they go to um, Geelong, they're reminded of the 180-point flogging um, they got there a few years ago. But uh, it's just an, an amazing win for them. After the capitulation last week against St Kilda, where they should have won, and didn't flood back. Mm. They go down there and, and put together a bit of a masterclass. Yeah. And we were talking Ruckman before, but Blitzars just he is he, having a stellar patch at the moment. It was uh, it was too bad that um he wasn't able to really convert it, but he got plenty of the ball. Um you know, a decent amount of hitouts, not a great amount. And but, a lot uh, of tackles. Yeah. Twenty two disposals, thirteen tackles. If you can get a Ruckman doing that, you're looking pretty good. <coughs> uh, unfortunately Melbourne just had a better midfield on the day. Yeah, we've said it before with Port that um, the Ruckman getting tackles is great, but your Ruckman shouldn't be your leading tackle mm. um, player. And he was nearly double the next guy. To me, that says he's tapping a lot to his toes. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, um, it was really um, a poor effort from Geelong, especially considering they've only had three players now to ever play 300 games. And uh, Corey Enright's an absolute champion, a five-time All-Australian or something stupid mm. like that. Um, and to not, if you can't get up for that, especially with such a parochial, one-sided home crowd. At your home ground, yeah. Because yeah. Guild Stadium, it, it is one of those old-school grounds. Like you've still got the... It is the old suburban ground. Yeah, you've got the, the terrace area, you've got the standing room, you've got the full-strength beer uh, that people smuggled in on their own. But, um, yeah, I, I really don't know. Maybe they got overshadowed by the whole occasion. Who Maybe. Who can really say? But uh, anyway, that wraps up the second uh, of the three uh, buy rounds. So we'll go on to next week. Um, Thursday night again, Frio versus Collingwood over there. You can't really back against Frio over there all season. I, I don't know that you'd put money on any team to beat them at home. Besides Richmond. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have put money on that. Look, it's a, it's a good test at a good time for Collingwood, I think. Um, they're sitting, what are they, third on the ladder or something like that, uh, might be fourth on the ladder at the minute, um, with a bit of an easy run they've had. To go against Frio out of the bye is the best time for them. Um, so if they're going to be serious premiership contenders this year, this is the game they want. Um, unfortunately, I think Frio were, will bounce back. I think Frio are going to smash them. I think, yeah, Frio all day. What, what does DS actually stand for? What's their fucking stadium called Do- these days? Domain? I think Domain yeah, Domain Stadium. Oh, right, um, yeah, they're supposed to be playing at the new Ooh. one um, in uh, two or three years, I think, if the, the AFL and the WA government yep. can ever get together and sort it out. Uh, Sydney, Richmond at the SCG Friday night. Well, again, same story. You can't confidently tip against Sydney at home, but again, Richmond have uh, made a nice habit. Is anyone playing their 200, 200 300, 300 or anything like that? Unfortunately, I don't no. think so. Anyone debuting at least first? We'll Probably that might, be a few, might be a few debuts. Someone's birthday? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Mrs. Birthday? Uh, maybe we'll knock them off afterwards. I, I think someone's got a kid coming. <laughs> Hawthorne, Essendon, the MCG, Saturday afternoon. Um, Essendon, unfortunately, Bell Chambers and Collier, both um, stress fractors in their feet, are going to miss the rest of the season. Um, Coming out of the bye incident, whereas Hawthorne's got a eight or a nine day break. Hawthorne coming out of uh, was it two premierships? Yes, Three coming out of two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 
Good luck, Essen. <laughs> coming out of two years suspension, potentially. Uh, um, look, Essen coming out of a come down. <laughs> Essendon beat him in round two, so Hawthorne, you think, might be looking for a bit of revenge here. Yeah, there's a subsidiary, you know, just little supplements in the system at that time. Residual? Yeah. Um, I, I can't tip Essendon, but it wouldn't surprise me if they had a, a nice little purple patch in the middle of the game. But I still think they'll get whooped. Brisbane, Adelaide, up at the Gabba. Adelaide for me. I think it could get ugly. Yeah, probably Adelaide. Adelaide I, want to make a statement. I want Brisbane to do better, but Brisbane and Adelaide match up quite similarly. But Adelaide match up every position better, I think. Look, I think it could be a shootout. I, I hope think so. Adelaide will win that shootout. By a lot. Um, Walker should be back in, and Eddie Betts, after a very quiet week, will uh, he'll pick up half a dozen. Yeah, and let's be honest, neither team are known for defence. No, um, Brisbane aren't known for offence or, I'm fine or anything It might at least be a moderately interesting game to watch. Well, yeah. I know Brisbane have got the midfield that's probably at the advantage of the Crows. They're just very sharp. Nothing else, though. That's yeah. the thing. They have the potential advantage. They're not living up to that potential lately. Yeah, exactly. Um, it'd be interesting if they uh, if Reigns plays and they put, try and put him on Dangerfield. Um, well, Dangerfield, Sloan, those two are class acts. Uh, Thompson you can throw in. Yeah, Thompson, too. Uh, the Battle of the One Premierships, St Kilda versus the Bulldogs, Saturday night. Eddie Head Stadium. Ought to be a good crowd. Game I, of the round, I'm calling it. See, I reckon Bulldogs are going to just really try and stamp on this because yep. they want to belt the piss out of St Kilda. St Kilda, though, their list management has been quite good. They're the only team without an injury. Really? They've got a clean injury list? Clean. They've got um, a couple of guys up for tests. Yep. Uh, the only other team that could say that is Hawthorne. Uh, they've only got one injury at the moment. I think that's a test as well. Uh, oh, we got Matt Spanger, who played... He played VFL, yeah. And had a great game too. Um, Yeah, we've got a few that are still working their way through the VFL, but... um, But they're they're able to be picked. Yeah. They're fit. We're we're very close to full strength. Um, And then you look at some of the sides, they've got just shit tons. Uh, The uh, last time these two met earlier in the year, Bulldogs got out to a 50-point lead or or something ridiculous, and St Kilda pegged them back. I think it was by a couple of points, wasn't it? Yeah, very close. Massive finish. I can see the same thing happening. I think Bulldogs will still be too classy but I wouldn't be surprised if St. Kilda have a nice run towards the end. See, I, I'm picking this as the first draw of the season, Ooh. and I'm, I'm using that on the proviso that there hasn't already been a draw because I haven't actually researched this. <laughs> no, you, you're correct. Has there hasn't been a draw yet this year, but well, I tell you what, it, it could go that draw. way. Bulldogs will find it uh, much yeah. harder against St. Kilda than they did against Brisbane. Now that we've said that, Western Bulldogs are probably hidden by 20. <laughs> and Carlton versus uh, Gold Coast on Sunday... And it could be the return of G. Ablett. Yeah. That will be the only thing that Gold Coast would be able to celebrate, I think, because Carlton are up and about. They've they've got raging fucking anger boners. They're going to be loving life at the moment. They've got their win. They earned it. They've, they've been playing good. Uh- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com. And remember the joy of your wedding day forever. 
Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The last month. I can't see Gold Coast matching them, even if G. Ablett's back. I, the first thing you're going to do if G. Ablett comes back is test him out, surely. Yeah, no, see, I, I'm of a different opinion. I think that Carlton, Richmond and Melbourne have been like buddies down the bottom of the table where <laughs> as soon as they give you a little bit of hope, that's when they just go, ah, <laughs> member membership, huh? You bought a membership, you dumb fucker. <laughs> yeah, we'll show you about what that fuck, well, that's fucking worth. So <laughs> I'm tipping Carlton going to absolutely disappoint all their fans and go down by four goals. I'd like to see that. <laughs> All right, um, I think that about wraps us up for round 12. Um, the only thing we wanted to say is, uh, in case you haven't noticed, we try and do one of these round wrap-ups every week. Um, so every Tuesday you can see the next one, and we'll have a few intermediate episodes happen in between. But uh, yeah, check out the round wrap-ups every Tuesday morning. Yeah, yep. see you next Tuesday. Peace. Just wanted to get that see you next Tuesday. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.